Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 5, Episode 5, 28 Parsecs Later. The book, Red Harvest by Joe Schreiber, the year 2012. The chapters, 12 through 15, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Give me a big old teased hair, Darth. I feel like he might be a little on the anime side. He's a little anime. So let me ask you a question, John. How you doing? No, we're not doing that bidding. It's a real weird, but I'm still teabagging him. Welcome back to Expounded Universe. As always, I'm your host, Jeff, joined by the other host, John. As always. As indeed always. As it ever has been, as it ever shall be. And may luck, as always, be in your favor, or whatever. <laughs> the odds. May the odds be ever in your favor. Oh, may the odds be ever in your favor. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense than the thing I said, which was, uh, may the luck or whatever be in your favor, whatever. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Don't do that. that. That'd be weird if that was what she said. That would be a real bad writing. In her Marge Simpson haircut. That would be a, a terrible thing for someone to say. Mm-hmm. Possibly into a mic. That would be one of the worst things they could say. I can think of several worst things I could say into this mic. Oh, I can think of a lot worse <laughs> that you could say into that mic. That is very, very true. Uh, anyway, this is Expounded Universe, the weekly Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. You're goddamn right it is. Chapter by chapter, book by book, we are going back into the dim mists of history, in this case, 2012. <laughs> we've grown a beard, and now, Kate, we've got to go back. <laughs> we've grown huge beards because we were in the time chamber. <laughs> but we've been training in the ten times gravity chamber. Yeah, we've been in the hypergravity chamber, and we're all all set. We are, we are ready to fight Kid Boo or whatever. Or, or whatever. What, what, that's, the, that's our new catchphrase <laughs> here on Expand. Bounded universe, what was your, or whatever. What was your new planned catchphrase? I forget now. <laughs> Did I, think, I have one? I think it was, so? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was right. Because any time someone would tell me something was great, my new catchphrase was, so? <laughs> hey, I really like this new show I've been watching, so? You checked out that Ballad of Buster Scruggs on the, net, <laughs> on the Netflix yet? Eh. <laughs> it's really good. So? <laughs> oh, that's not a good enough reason to check things out. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> So anyway, I forget exactly which chapters we're doing. Is it 12 through 15? It feels like it's 12 through 15. I mean, it feels that way. But is it? But is it? Anyway. It is. It definitely starts with a story. And that story is Hestizo Trace steps out of the turbo lift, already knowing that she is doomed. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're a Jedi and you've been marched through an entire Sith Academy and you go to a giant black tower and you come out of a turbo lift into a dark shadowy room of a darth and it's got all sorts of weird bubbling equipment i at that point you're like well fuck me huh yeah this isn't eh? a good situation it's like i've been frog marched into a halloween spencer's gifts in here <laughs> everything's bubbling and sparkling and there's yeah, a little bubbling fake and sparkling little fake tv over there <laughs> little fake vampire teeth over there <laughs> little tinny speaker that's on a dancing skeleton of a cat and every time i walk past it it plays a tinny version of the monster mash oh good I was working in my lab late one night. It says, bubbling slightly. <laughs> it said. It said to me. Uh, anyway, I think we also, we might have skipped over the fact that she gets marched through the, the whole school and a whole bunch of people see her and they're like, what the hell? Well, I mean, it doesn't really get into that because that basically is just the first, like, couple sentences of this chapter is just, yeah, I got marched through fucking yeah. the academy. Tolk. Tolk is still... Tolk's still in play here. The giant whip hit as he uh, as he forces her up this tower uh, to into the waiting clutches of Lord or Menacing Darth or whatever. W pervert. Darth Scabrous, who gets yet another description of him being kind of a big hollow eye bones. Man, every time we describe Darth Scabrous in this book, it gets more and more intense and ridiculous. Because at first it was like, oh, he's very angular and sharp featured. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. and now this time it's like he's fucking a skeleton and he's got bony eyes and you're it, like what in my mind the first time he was described it was as broad shouldered and almost like a like a triangle like a walking around dorito and i was like okay that's pretty neat so he's kind yeah. of a big buff dude but then the second time it was christopher lee oh like, yeah I was, I was picturing christopher lee. at this point he's turned into like the skexies emperor oh in yeah. my he's, mind he's just sort of become like 
a Skeletor yeah. at this point. Try to buy stone. He, he's going to say at some point. He says. He says. He's, he says to me. He says. He says to me. So <laughs> one of these days, Skeksis. Uh, yeah. So he's excited to see her, and Tolk's like, "Yeah, here she is, and here's the flower, and uh, my payment." Yeah, and and this time, uh, Tolk's like, "Hey, so uh, I brought her along because you know." Flower needs her to survive. And he's like, oh, yes, I know. That's what I didn't tell anyone else. And now I knew you had the right one. That's my secret cap. Ooh, I just love getting <laughs> bounty hunters to go get random flowers for me. I'm always angry. Ugh. So it turns out that he has been sending out all these bounty hunters to get the flower without this one vital bit of information to make it really obvious when they bring back fakes. Yeah, so when someone just steps out and is like, here, here's a flower, he's like, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, unless there's a, a Jedi who's trapped with it, then uh, it is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So he is not especially excited to see her, but he is super excited to see the flower. And she is terrified because she's heard stories about Darth Scabras, and so far he is treating her with the detached care of someone who just got a new butterfly or something. He doesn't care about her at all, except he, you know someone who just got a new butterfly might care about the new butterfly. So maybe that was a bad a- analogy. I don't know. Maybe it's like someone who just got a like a a piece of tr- junk mail about butterflies. <laughs> I, I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know. I'm on a butterfly thing. You, you got some sort of butterfly thing going on right now, and I'm I'm not sure if that's uh, where we should stick. You don't want to stay with the butterfly thing? You don't yeah. want to give it like a whole butterfly effect riff and we joke about Ethan Soupley's hair? Who? Ethan Soupley is the fat guy in the butterfly effect. Is that his name? That's the name of the actor. That's weird. How's that you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Although I know a lot of stuff. It's true. You do have a lot of random dumb knowledge. A useless, up in there. useless knowledge. That's the stuff that's that's uh, kind of cobwebbing up my brain, so I forget what your name is, Tyler. Oh yeah, <coughs> the kind of shit where you uh, you know you call your daughter by three different names. <laughs> I routinely call her my cat's name. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I've I've called many children by many different names. Most of them, hey you and little shit. <laughs> I think my favorite story I've heard about that kind of thing is if my, my uh, girlfriend, Florence, is the youngest of seven, and she routinely tells me that her mom, when mad at her, would cycle through all the kids' names to get to hers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I was the firstborn, so I always got, you know, if I was in trouble, it had the full name, right? They had, to, they had to put that, yeah. that James in there, because that's my middle name. Gotta get that James. <laughs> that's my full name, by the way. Jeffrey James D'Amato Aldrich. <laughs> <laughs> the full name. Full, rarely come... It's weird that I, I decided to get, uh, you know, canonized under... Uh, canonized. Can, yeah. I went to... I, I went to... Canonized? <laughs> I am now I'm a sorry. saint. I, it was close. I attended catechism. Saint Aldrich? <laughs> no, it's Saint D'Amato. <laughs> that's not <laughs> your last name. <laughs> but I'm not canonized. I attended catechism. I'm not that good at Catholic stuff, John. I'm not actually a Catholic. That's fine. Neither am I. Yeah, but you, you, do you know what catechism is? Yeah, sure. Of course, everyone does. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, I'm I not did... that good at any religion. The other day I was asking you how British Martin Luther was. <laughs> how British is Martin Luther? Well, on a scale of one to not British, he's German. Oh, well, that's, he should have a more German name. <laughs> yes. His name should have been like Martin Brow Luther House. Martin Lutherberg. <laughs> That would have been... I've got a more German name than Martin Luther, damn it. Janet, I love you. <laughs> Playing that for my my daughter was great. Yeah. Okay. Let's... Uh, Hestizo Trace is scared. There we go. We're, we're back on track. Yeah. She... <laughs> Total stream of consciousness. She, she is uh, freaking out just a little bit. Although, I gotta say, as soon as we learn that he's like... Scabrous, that is. is like, oh yeah, no, uh, I definitely knew you were supposed to bring this Jedi with you, and like, this is all part of my plan. Mm-hmm. I feel like at that point, you've got to have some sort of bargaining power if you're Hestizo, because you're like, well, obviously you need me then. Yeah, it's true, and, and these chapters are going to bear out that apparently she is needed. Uh, we, don't, we don't know quite how yet. I don't know, man, mm. because... Then the first thing he fucking does with the flower is just dump that shit into goo wholesale without even taking a clipping of it. Oh, yeah, that's true. And also, Wim Nictor's still kicking around from the very first couple of chapters. Well, yeah, uh, our, our horrible tubes in his back with, uh, like, 
weird yellow liquid going into his spine. And he's pretty much lost his mind entirely at this point because he's the, he, even before the flower goes into the goop, he's described as having like animalistic eyes and just basically being dumb and weird. Oh yeah, he's just a horrible whimpering sack of a dude. Yeah, that uh, like. Before the, he puts the flower in, he starts up the machine, and he starts slamming his face into the cage. A horrible, whimpering sack of a dude like Rahul on the most recent episode of or, uh, season of Baking Show. <laughs> God damn it, Rahul. <laughs> Quit apologizing. Quit. It's the Ruby method. Yeah, well, Ruby from season two. Yeah, not the current Ruby. The current Ruby, I am assuming, is going to go out by episode... I'm on episode three, so I assume she's gone any minute now. But R- Ruby in season two is like, Oh, I'm sorry. I've pretty- oh, every- Everything I've done is bad, and I'm sorry I've presented it to you. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure instead of toast, I've made a form of poisoned glue. Oh, no. And I th- tried to bake something, and it turned out perfect, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And then and then the judges were always like, Oh, Ruby, this isn't bad. This is entirely mediocre. You win everything. Here, you win everything. You win every money. <laughs> it was awful. But uh, anyway, that's the new Rahul. Anyway, whimpering sack of a person is this Wim Nictor when the flower goes flying into the yellow goop po- uh, bucket. Yeah, I I was, like I said, I was like, why didn't you at least take a clipping of this thing to, like, make more? You obviously knew how incredibly rare this flower is and that it even needed, like, a fucking Jedi just for it to grow. And at this point, you're like... Well, time to dump this whole motherfucker into this goo vat. Yeah, a little ceramic pot with daisies painted on the side of it and everything. Ugh, just full sail. Here we go. Everything into the goo. Oh, my garden trowel was in there. Oh, my garden gnome was in there. <laughs> oh, a little gnome person, like uh, say Rahul from the most recent episode and <laughs> season of Baking Show. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, it, the the flower, uh, this is a great description, because I thought this flower was going to kick around a little longer than it did, but no, it just immediately evaporates into the goop. Yeah, it just gets in there and melts. Yeah, it's woof, gone. And Hestizo's feeling it go. She's like, it, it's screaming in pain. It's like, ah, yeah. it's really hot in here. No! Oh, it's burning me! <laughs> Help me, it says as it can't, comes out and gets hit by a car. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Then all that goop goes flying into Wim Nictor, and he goes ape shit. Yeah, uh, he goes flailing all around, and then eventually stops. He dies. And dies. He dies. Yeah. yeah, it turned the yellow goop red, and Wim Nictor got massively fuckered. Yeah, and then you know Tolk's been watching this whole thing, and, and uh, Sca- he says to Scabrous, "Hey, my money." And Scab- hey. Oh yes, the droid. Hmm. Yeah, and sure enough, he gets paid. and He leaves. Yeah, I was gonna say. That's sort of nice, I guess, that he was like, yeah, sure, I'll actually pay the dude who did the job. Yeah, I kind of, ex- I half expected him to just kill him. Yeah. To be like, oh, and you shall be the first experiment. Yeah. You, you, you cannot know my secrets, crack, or whatever. Yeah. But no, he's, he's actually moderately professional for once. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. So yeah, Wim Nictor collapses to the ground, and then uh, as Hestizo and, and Scabras are kind of staring each other down a little bit, uh, they both turn around to look at the, at the corpse of Nictor, and he's just sitting there. He's well, yeah. he, he's upright. He's sitting. He, he sits back up mm-hmm. after being dead. And indeed, he is a zombie. He is a zombie. A zimbo. Uh, now, we're going to see basically this scene from a few different perspectives, because right now we're going to go over to our, our good, long-forgotten friend, Jura Ostrogoth. Yeah, Jura Ostrogoth, who, uh, let's see, if we get to remember various members of the Sith Academy, he's the one of whom embarrassing naked pictures doth exist. Yeah, he's the one that uh, Scopeek has dirt on. That is correct, yeah, because he was getting menaced by a big bully, and then Scopeek rescued him, and then took naked pictures of his ding-dong and such. <laughs> And now, if if Jura doesn't do what Scopeek says, he's going to show everybody his wingaling. <laughs> he's got a weird dick. He's got the weirdest dick. <laughs> Sorry about your weird... Oh, no, we'll take care of your weird dick, he said, taking pictures of it. I'm trying to remember the, the callback to the most recent episode we did. No. Yeah. I think it was, we'll take care of your weird little dick. <laughs> I think... It had something to do think, with dog dicks. I think something about a dog comes out and bites your dick. Dick. Oh no! It's 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 uh the the Nalroni Sprax. <laughs> oh Sprax, Sprax. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Jura Ostrogoth has been waiting for this moment. Apparently, 
he has been hanging out by the tower anytime he could because he's like, look, s- people are going up there. And mm-hmm. as soon as someone comes back out, then that's my moment to go in. Yeah, so because- Tulk comes stomping out. Sorry. Yeah, because the, uh, the fucking, what's, I can't even remember the old bounty hunters that died. Uh, it was the, uh, I don't remember either. There was the Nelvani and a human. Yeah, um, and so they died. So because they didn't come out, he's like, well, balls. Now I, I can't get in there because nobody came out. Right. Because obviously I can't just get into the fucking lift with them when they go up. I have right. to wait until someone leaves. So finally, this is his chance. As Tolk comes stalking out of the building and marching off into the snow, Jura Ostrogoth sneaks his way in. I, man, what is your plan here if you're Jura Ostrogoth? You're like, oh, I know. I'm going to go up to the top of this tower and... Well, his plan is to learn something. That's his only plan, is to do a little spying and learn a detail. Because if he comes back with any information for all, at all for Scopeek, then the, the heat's off him. Jura doesn't want to do this. He thinks this is a crazy, stupid idea. Yeah, it just... Ugh, God. The fact that he gets up there, sees fucking Scabrous and... Uh, Hestizo like and Wim Hestizo and Wim and everything he's just like yeah this is fine I'll stay so he hides he hides and then uh, basically Scabrous uses the force to unlock the cage door yeah and Scabrous apparently thinks that his weird experiment is going to not just produce a zombie, but also one that he can control? Yeah, he thinks it's going to be like a more intelligent zombie than it ends up actually being. Yeah, because he's like, oh, Wim Nictor, come to me, and like holds his hand out. And of course, Wim Nictor, at this point, is like a 28 days later fast zombie, and it just like jumps on him and starts chewing at his face. Yeah, so Nictor's already... We're already getting the really great... This this book does really good on zombie descriptions. Like, we get a couple of them here in oh, the next yeah. chapter or two, and they're really good. They're good, vivid, gross descriptions. He's all cracked and bent, and his neck's at a weird angle, and his eyes are full of orange goop. Oh, and yeah. He's just messed up looking. He's just a fucked up, weird looking thing. And, like, he gets described as being like some sort of skeleton that's wearing human flesh on it. Yeah. Because it's just like... All of his bits are just kind of hanging there. Yeah, he's gooping out real bad. So he takes a couple of halting steps towards uh, Scabrous, enough that you, the reader, think, oh my gosh, it works. He's got control over these things. And then it leaps on him and sinks its teeth into his face. Yeah, it straight like takes a chunk out of the side of his face, which is great. It's awesome. And then he responds by force shoving the, 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 uh, the newly created zombie across the, the room, where it slams into a wall, gets up, and charges at him again. Yeah, Hestizo uses this opportunity to just run the, to fuck, get the she, fuck out. She just turns and runs, gets to the turbo lift, and and just is gone. And and you know, Scabrous is seeing this, but he's a little busy. He's got zombie problems. Yeah, and the fact that Jura does not also use this opportunity to get the fuck out is like, come on, my dude, where is where is your self preservation here? That's the difference between Hestizo and Jura. What we're looking at here is graduate and a student. <laughs> An actual Jedi and someone still at an academy. Uh huh. <laughs> he is paralyzed. He's like, "Oh fuck me in the ass! This, what is happening?" Right oh now? shit! This is going to result in more naked pictures of my weird ding dong. <laughs> that's that's all that's going to happen. I know that <laughs> first come zombies, then comes pictures of my naked ding dong. <laughs> that's how this goes. Anyway, we get a really interesting fight between uh, Scabrous and the the corpse of Nictor that lasts a couple of rounds of him just force shoving him around the building, and then finally he gets tired of it and just sort of cannon force sho- shoves him real hard to try and push him out a window. Well, like, the the description in here is great mm-hmm. because Scabrous is, like, dumbfounded that his stupid plan didn't work mm-hmm. and is so angry oh, yeah. that it didn't, that he straight up just, like, fires this dude through a window with the force. And when you know like, it, how fucking dare you not work yeah he's so mad and he, so he uses this this ridiculously powerful mega force blast and shoves him out the window but wouldn't you know it on his way out he smacks into an unsuspecting jura ostrogoth yeah jura ostrogoth hiding in front of a window the least suspicious place to be the place no one ever looks right in front of the light source yeah good job jura you dumb asshole <laughs> whatever he you knew he wasn't long for this world well i mean when we first started this very much could have been our this main could, character yeah there's we're gonna get a lot of that in this book i think is jura, this <laughs> yeah jura ostrogoth when you read the first few chapters you're like oh i get it this guy's our main dude yeah he's like, gonna solve the problem of his embarrassing naked pictures oh yeah he's got like 
a arrival to overcome and he's got a weird problem that he needs to deal with. Like he has all of these story hooks, mm-hmm. but then he gets shoved out a window with a zombie and falls from a tower. It says it falls. He falls about a hundred meters to the ground. Yeah, where he impacts with a wet, sickening thud. But before we can really talk about that, we have to talk about the next chapter. The, this chapter ends when he gets blown out the window. Yeah, he Me- gets blown. Yeah, and then we go to a new chapter. Meanwhile, behind the tower, two dudes meet. Yeah, and it's Raat and Lusk Kun. Oh, Lusk! Lusk is basically going about his business. He's like, "All right, here we go. I'm Lusk." Everybody knows I'm Lusk. And then he just hears Rat like, Lusk, Lusk, you gotta fight me. Lusk, senpai, I'm ready for you. I challenge. Yeah, I love that Lusk was like, no, no, you dumb idiot. Of course, I'm not going to fight you. Get out of here. Yeah, so so Rat's standing there with two of the training sabers, walks up behind Lusk and just sort of, like, taps him on the shoulder a couple of You... I am ready. The challenge is is issued, and Lusk is like, "Nah, dude, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm okay, not." Okay, one does fucking does the master know you took two of his fucking training sabers? You're gonna get a deep shit. Two, please don't make me embarrass your ass. It's not worth it for me to do unless I'm in front of people. His his answer is ba- really boils down to, "Let's do this later when people will see it, so I can count it as another display of power." Yeah, like, <laughs> come on, man, don't don't make me put you down when it's not gonna get me anything. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the sole breadth of his opinion here is, oh, I don't have time for this. Oh, god damn it. Well, anyway, Lusk kind of forces the issue by just smacking him with a Rat. training saber. Rat. Forces the issue by smacking Lusk with a training saber. Yeah, he throws one of the sabers at Lusk, who catches it, and is still just like, my dude, no. Yeah. And Rat comes in with a super fast strike across the chest of Lusk, mm-hmm. and it catches him off guard. He's like, oh, shit, look at you. You've yeah. been training. Oh, guess I am going to have to kick you silly. Oh, yeah. well, I can't I can't leave you alive, because if I let you just, like, walk out of here, then every dumb asshole with something to prove is going to be like, well, now I got to fight him. Yeah. So at this point, he's like, well, fuck, I didn't want to, but now I'm going to have to murder Rat. Yeah, so the two of them start fighting, and uh, it's going pretty well a little bit for Rat in the beginning, but then Lusk just gets him. Well, yeah, Rat's doing the... Uh, the, like, flippy shit that we saw him do in the training room. Yeah. So, the shit from the danger room where he's just like, ooh, I'm going to do a weird flip over you and it's a taru like, form. hit you from behind. Or Makashi form. One of those. Ataru. Which, whichever. Yeah, Ataru form. The flippy it's form. the Ataru 2500. Mm-hmm. Yeah, soon to be replaced by the Ataru 5200 form. <laughs> yeah. And then the Jaguar. And then the Jaguar. Yeah. No, he he uh, he does a lot of bounty flippy nonsense, which is perfect for him because he's a little guy. Yeah, and that's so what he should be doing. He's, he's doing Yoda style. And uh, Lusk is just kind of like, again, huh, neat. All right. Good for him. Anyway, once he gets him in his sights, he's like, okay, now I have you, so I'm going to mind control Look, you. You, <laughs> you flipped over me, and I don't know if you know this, but while you're spinning around in air, you don't have a lot of control, so you're going to land right there and whap. Yeah, <laughs> smacks him. And then be, it, rather than killing him directly, he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to mind control you a little bit for fun. Yeah, I mean, I can just send you off to go do something, so... Uh, hey, drop your saber. <laughs> and Rat, to his credit, does not comply. Yeah, he doesn't do it. He's just strong enough for the force to resist the mind control. And this is just getting interesting when all of a sudden two bodies hit the the ground hit very the near him, hit the floor. Yeah, and <laughs> I let, let the, two bodies hit the floor. They let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> or whatever. Now, one, there's nothing wrong with me. Two, nothing wrong with me. Three, nothing wrong with me. Mm, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it four something's got to give? One. Something's oh, got oh to they give. start to count over again. <laughs> yeah. I thought you just kept counting. Five something's <laughs> no, got to give. Eight. <laughs> something's got to give. Nine. <laughs> something's got to give. Ten. <laughs> Real fake doors. I, okay. Ten. My personal space. Get out of my personal space. <laughs> I, uh, okay. Here we go. So the two bodies that are, just got blasted out the tower window come crashing to the ground in a sickening thud in the snow. And... I mean, there was a part of me at the end of the chapter when Jura and Wimnichter got blasted out the window that thought, maybe Jura could survive this? <laughs> like, maybe he'll use the Force to, like, slow himself. But no, he just <laughs> hits that pavement and is 
a goo of a man at this point. Yeah, he's dead already. This is the end of Jura Ostrogoth. He is goop when he hits the ground. Like, And I do love that when they get blasted out, the fight stops, and they both kind of look up, and Lusk is confused briefly because they are so entangled. He's like, what the fuck is that? It's got like eight limbs or something. Oh, no, wait, that's two people, and oh, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a second where he thought that the, the impact basically drove the two b- bodies together. They're, they're a goopy puddle. But that doesn't last very long, because shortly after the impact, even though Jura is very clearly a, a wet smear on the pavement, Wimnichter is getting up again. Oh, yeah. And uh, I gotta say, fucking, uh, what's his nuts? Joe J- Schreiber. Joe. Joe Schreiber does a great job of being like, let me tell you exactly how gross this zombie is. I came prepared to hate this book, and so far I'm not. No, honestly, this has a really good use of just the economy of what's been established. Yeah, and time is very pow- powerful in this book. It doesn't feel noodly and meandering like the last six or seven books we've read. Oh, yeah. Which shit we've only read three happened. other books. <laughs> no, I'm like, shit has happened, and we're not even three quarters of the way through the book yet. I know there's actually plot development happening, and we're not spending a week hanging out on a fun planet because we're all rich. Yeah, there's no point where we're like, oh, well, I gotta... I gotta tell everybody how cool the main character is again, and uh, when, uh, they, uh, they're walking through the woods, and the main uh, the main character from the movies, you know, you know the main character, he's real cool. So Leia's walking through the promenade of a fancy mall, and on the one side of the mall are the goopy people, and on the other side of the mall are the beautiful fuck people, and they are goopy and fuckable in equal measure, and <laughs> and. And then, and then, then right down the middle is Princess Leia, both goopy and fuckable. <laughs> uh, Boba Fett, you have fallen into the Sarlacc. Well, you'll be transformed from fuckable to goopy <laughs> over a thousand years. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, the just the full economy of characters in this, because so much of the other books we read would just be like, Here's some weird alien. You'll get to know them for a chapter and never see them again. I'm like, okay. Hello, I'm a Vawo. Okay, that's great. Thanks. Uh huh. Yeah. Glad to meet you. Yeah. Sure. Uh, great. Ooh, woo. What's this? This is really fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're meeting this dude. Oh, you say he's Greedo's uncle, huh? Well, I'll be a Greedo's uncle indeed. Well, what do you know? Oh. It turns out that literally everyone has some relation to literally everyone else. <laughs> literally everyone in the galaxy is related to Greedo. <laughs> if you're, if you are. A uh, alien, then you're related to one of the aliens that we know. Mm-hmm. And if you're a human, then you're probably either related to one of the main characters or were around to something they did. Yep. You're like, oh, I was on Alderaan before it blew up. I was on Hoth during the attack. You but know, not here. This is pulse pounding. This is this has a point to it. It's driving. Yeah. It's just like we established characters, and boy howdy, we are barely in like eighty pages in, and I have murdered like. Two of the main characters we introduced mm-hmm. in the first two chapters. So Lusk and Raat see this pile of goop collapse to the ground, and then just as quickly, one of them gets up, and he is cracked and broken. His skin's fallen all off. One of oh, his yeah. eyeballs is luxated. Like he's got just bones. Like his uh, shoulders have cracked from the impact so much that they have pushed forward and out mm-hmm. the front of him. So he's got these like bone protrusions out of the front of his chest yeah it is just an awesome fucked up zombie thing yeah this is great he is he is a horrible monster and sure enough he is already he he immediately turns around drops to the ground and starts eating jura yeah which i think this is probably the one nice thing for poor jura is that he probably died in the fall i doubt he can zombie up yeah i i mean i wouldn't put it past the book Mm -hmm. to zombie him up but i think he was uh, dead when he hit the ground, mm-hmm. and now he's just food rather than a potential zombie. Yeah, that's the hope anyway. But Lusk and Raat kind of jump over there to investigate what's going on. Uh, Raat's kind of freaking out about it. Well, both of them are like, what the actual fuck? Yeah, but you can see, again, the big difference between a student and a graduate here. Lusk hasn't graduated, but he might as well have. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still a student, but he's definitely... Very teacher's like, pet. Like, he's he's a senior to Raat's, like, sophomore. He's one of the big three to, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he's, 
Yeah, that's right. He rats in Class A, but <laughs> that's just Class Musk A. Is he's one of the big three. He's also that. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. Yeah, Class A to Big Three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I mistook what you were saying. See, Wim Nictor is Class B, <laughs> or Wim. Wim Nictor is General Studies. <laughs> Hey, there's a good dude in general studies. There is a good dude in general studies. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that guy. Anyhow, um, sorry for all the uh, My Hero Academia stuff. How dare you? How, how dare I indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is that Rat's like, oh my god, we have to tell someone, or we have to figure out what's going on or something. And, and Lusk is like, yeah, you should figure this shit out. He's- oh yeah, <laughs> Lusk is just like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. For a clown to have at oh, the circus. No! <laughs> Idiot. No! No! <laughs> like, Lusk, for the book's part, doesn't make Lusk be like, oh, yes, and now I am cold and calculate. Like, he sees this happen and is like, holy fucking shit, and is actually scared of what is going on, which I appreciate that they didn't just go, oh no, Lusk is basically the new Shizor, and he's always cold and calculating. He anticipated this exact moment. Yeah, I don't want him to be be like, shove the glasses up the nose, anime student thing. Like, I'm kind of does not he... need everything to go according to Kaikaku. Yeah, which by the way, translators know Kaikaku <laughs> means plan. Uh, but I'm kind of hoping that Lusk has a good run in the book. So I'm glad to see him being all rad here, even after he gets a little scared. Well, now, yeah, he gets freaked out, yeah. and it's just like, what's that, what's that old saying? You don't need to outrun the bear, you just need to outrun your friend. Anyway, let me just shove Rat at the zombie and well, get the fuck out. Now, John, let's be clear here. It's Star Wars. It's the space bear. <laughs> it is the uh, Col- Columian space bear. <laughs> Watch, that's a real thing. I'm sure. I, I'm sure I'm going to go on a Wikipedia and be like, oh yeah, here's five pages on the Columbian space bear. Ah, bonus content, ahoy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he grabs a rat by the sh- by the uh, collar and just hucks him at the the, uh, the zombie. He's just like, and here we go. What about yeah, you? Figure this out. Then he just runs off into the distance, and the last noise he hears as he escapes into the snow are the horrified shrieks of pain coming from rat. Yeah, because as soon as Rat hits the ground in front of Nictor, he looks up from his horrible, grotesque meal that he is having and just growls and leaps at Rat. Yeah, this is a good zombie. So there you go. He is Rat's proper fucked. Almost oh, definitely yeah. the next zombie. Almost for sure, yes. Yeah, unless we get a Jura Ostrogoth zombie, which I wouldn't put it past them, but I don't think it's impossible. No. But we also now need to check in with Darth Scabrous. Yeah, what's going on with old Darthy? He had part of his face, according to what Jura Ostrogoth saw before he got knocked out the window. Like, he basically had, like, part of his cheek just flopping off of his face. Yeah, he got all great do- great outdoor fighted. Uh, he, he, got a- <laughs> he definitely got uh, a little cujoed here. <laughs> Someone turned his face into cowboy sauce. <laughs> So, oh. so basically, the monster managed to bite into a, uh, his cheek just above, just below the left eye, and just tear that that half of his face clear off, and it was hanging. Oh yeah, it's it is basically like a uh, a wild chimpanzee got a hold of him here. Yeah, and uh, he is not it's, it, it, the the chapter we go to now opens with him fixing himself in thirty seconds or less, or his money back. I I do again appreciate when you see the differences between the levels of like. The student, and then like the apprentice level that you're at with uh, yeah, and then this guy's the Jedi, and then you have Darth level, and Darth level's like, oh man, I lost my cool for a second there because I was super angry, but now I'm gonna shove that down and know that I have a wellspring of pure seething anger in case I need it, but now. To business. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, nice. He rapidly staples his face back on, fixes it, <laughs> just, ka-thunk, ka-thunk, fixes it with some kind of glue and staple thing that's described as painful, but he doesn't respond to it. Uh, and then, just as quickly as he manages to get his face reconnected, he straps on some kind of blood backpack. Well, yeah, he's got a, like a little sensor thing that tells him what's going on with his infection levels. Yeah. And apparently, he... So this is sort of what I'm getting from this chapter. He was planning on using the whole zombie thing to be immortal. And, like, he already had the equipment set up Mm -hmm. to track this infection. Because I think he initially was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to infect myself with this so that I become immortal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he was going for a death becomes her situation. (laughs) 
Yeah. As far as being a zombie goes, mm-hmm. instead of a 28 Days Later situation. Yeah, he was kind of hoping for like a warm bodies type game or an eye zombie. He was he was going for the, <laughs> I, I'll live forever because I'm a zombie, but I'm still basically me. Yeah, it doesn't really change much. I like to eat some brains in my ramen every now and then. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Unfortunately, when he looks at the uh, readout on the thing, he's like, Oh shit, this uh, infection level is way higher than it should be. Yeah, so he is, some calculation he has made has gone horribly wrong, and he is rapidly zombieing up. And that's when he straps on a hemodialysis backpack and wrist gauntlet situation. Which, I mean, again, in his uh, favor, he at least was like, oh, I already had all of this blood ready to go, Yeah, just no, in case shit happened. No, this is a good thing. The fact that he has a backpack full of blood ready for this situation is awesome. And he checks his readout, and he's like, okay, i got to refill my blood backpack in six hours. Yeah, he's like, all right, well, i got, I got time for this, and now i got to go figure out what the fuck is going on. And he just jumps out the same window that he shoved the other two out, but he's a Darth. He also gives a command to his HK droid on the way out, because unfortunately, as we mentioned in the previous uh, previous chapter, uh, Hestizo took that good moment to bolt and bolted. Now, she's got nowhere to run to. She's on a she's on a Sith planet. Yeah, she's got nowhere to run. She's got nowhere to hide. Baby. Yeah, uh, but, but he is a little worried. At first, he was like, okay, I got to deal with my whole blood situation before I can catch I her. I got this whole blood thing going yeah, on. Yeah, but, but I will catch her, and we'll deal... So he calls up his HK droid, and he's like... Yes, scan the room for traces of the DNA of a Jedi named Hestizo Trace. Also, put the entire Academy on lockdown. Nobody gets to get out. Yes. Which at least is good, because... That's good zombie building. Yeah, I was like, oh, good. You've you've made it so that no one can get out from your zombie thing, so that we don't have a situation where someone's like, oh, I got bit, and then they get into their fucking, like... You know, we're going to have Pergus get bit and then get into that bounty hunter ship and then fly off. I mean, that's almost guaranteed the end of this this book. Almost assuredly, that's going to happen, what I just said. Yeah. But. That's probably the last chapter right there. Uh, I have have some uh, predictions about this book, but let's continue. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Okay, so. But like I was saying, he calls forth his HK droid, has him scanned for traces of her DNA, not to kill her, but to stop everyone else in the facility from killing her. Yeah, he's like, I still need this uh, Jedi because she's the only one that can do the shit that I need. We don't even know what that shit is yet. As far as we could have told, the flower's gone. It's been turned into zombie-making uh, gravy. And, and <laughs> Yeah, I got that good zombie-making gravy. <laughs> I put on some Al Green, and I pump her full of zombie-making oh, gravy. Oh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming to get you barbara oh this one goes out to barbara <laughs> they're coming to get you and so am i uh wait isn't it margaret now i feel no, bad it's, it, barbara. it's barbara okay now i feel better you should that was a roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the highs and lows from that one for a second i was in the depths of a rahul like depression <laughs> Yeah, the uh <laughs> the the fact that he still needs her uh does lead into one of my many theories in this, mm-hmm. which is she could still hear the orchid even after it had dissolved into the goo and was being shoved into this dude's veins. Yes, yeah, it was still talking to her. So because this book already uses and has mentioned midi chlorians, I'm going to have to assume that she is still able to contact the midichlorians of this orchid, such that my prediction is Hestizo is going to become the actual breakout hero because her brother is going to show up, and the brother is the red herring hero. In my opinion... I just figure he's the black dude from uh, from The Shining. No, Rojo is going to show up and just be like, I'm here to be a big damn hero, and I'm a badass with a lightsaber, and he'll kill a couple of zombies and then just get murdered. But okay, Hestizo... Yeah is going to be able to control them because the zombie thing has the orchid in it and she can talk to the orchid so she'll control zombies. So she'll become the zombie queen? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking we've got like a lich queen in the making here. Young and sweet and she also loves trees. <laughs> Young and sweet, only 17. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I mean, here, my predictions are roughly the same. That we, we have a moment where she gets contacted by the, the uh, flower long after it's gone. And... Uh, and she's like, what the hell was that? Can I still talk to this thing? So she's going to become the zombie queen. I, I, my only difference in the predictions is I think Rose is going to show up and instantly be murdered. Is it just, just <laughs> so he, one, 
you are having a uh, The Shining moment. I think he's the guy from The Shining. Yeah, like he pops up and he. And like it's so close to The Shining. Like he he is contacted by her pain. And he's like, I have to get to my sister. She needs my help. She has the force. And then he has this big adventure to get there. And when he finally does, he just instantly gets zombied. Yeah, that's. I, I don't think it'll actually happen, but that's my fun prediction. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I kind of want that to happen. <laughs> I feel it's more likely that he'll. He'll have at least a chapter where he's a badass before he goes down. Probably. But, you know, yeah. I would love if we spent all this time with Rojo, like, doing investigations and basically being that one cop on the force who's like, yeah, you're a beat cop, but I'm a detective and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is our jurisdiction. You missed this clue and it's the key to the whole thing. <laughs> and, like, just going around being a huge asshole and a badass and then he just shows up on Zombie Planet and immediately cacks it. Rojo, my office now! <laughs> <laughs> you what? Rick, 20 lightsabers! <laughs> but I got results, master. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Master Chieftain, <laughs> you'll never be on the council. <laughs> Turn in your lightsaber and your boring sand robes, <laughs> which we still wear like 3,600 years ago. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> that was the worst. Just the prequels and then e- even farther back to the uh, the Old Republic where I'm like, Come on, guys. You're just making Obi-Wan look like a goddamn idiot yeah. now. And at this point, the character assassination on poor Obi. It's a, <laughs> what happened? Oh, well, in order to hide f- from the Empire... I put on he, my most flagrant Jedi costume. He wore his <laughs> Jedi outfit and went by the name Old Ben Kenobi. That'll throw him off the, tr- the trace. That's too weird of a name. Why don't you call me Obi Ben? <laughs> Why don't you call me Kenobi Obi-Wan? Yes, that'll fool them. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go throw the Jedi equivalent of Mardi Gras beads at everyone. (laughs) (laughs) What are the Jedi equivalent of Mardi Gras beads? Uh, Kyber crystals, maybe? I don't know. What do you think? That's pretty expensive. It is very expensive, but Jedi are quite rich. They're the 1%, John. Well, that's like if your Mardi Gras beads were like actual black pearls. (laughs) Uh, so, are we done? Is that all the chapters? Uh, I think I, so. I can't yes. remember. I, I kept reading, so I'm I, I'm counting on you to stop me. No, that was that was where this chapter ended. We ended with uh, Scabrus is now on the hunt. He's uh, he's trying to find Hestizo, and yeah, he's I on the hunt. He's after her. Yeah, with juices like wine, zombified wine. <laughs> yeah, juices like wine in his blood backpack. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he. I kind of wonder what's going to go on because he did not. When he jumped out, he like used the force to slow down, and he jumped onto like some building top and kept running. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he went to go find out what happened to the weird zombie he made. I don't which, think he cares. Yeah, I was <clears throat> like, my dude, you have created a zombie and let it loose on your academy, and you are just like, eh. Yeah, that's not really part of his plan. He just wanted to create zombie juice. Yeah, he was he's just been using this entire school as a front to make zombie juice. Yeah. And now that he has, the whole school's going to get zombified. I think his plan is pretty much just to not be here. I don't there's no point where he was like, "Yes, I should have control over these zombies." He just wanted to get bit by one. I don't know. I feel like he needed there to be control with one in order for him to be like, "Oh yeah, they've got like you know, enough of their mind left, I think. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's supposed to be a historic example of zombies that's even older in the Star Wars canon than this. Like, you know, 12,000 years ago, there was a Duro zombie out, zombie outbreak. Oh, yeah, well, in the great Rakatan Empire... There was the, an infinite zombie invasion. <laughs> the infinite zombie empire... <laughs> You ever see that scene in World War Z with like the wave of zombies? Basically that. I have not actually seen World War Z. Is it any good? No. I didn't think it was. Now, I've... if you want to see a wave of zombie effect in a movie that is good, watch Train to Busan. I have watched Train to Busan and it is really good. That is a great scene with all the fucking like zombies through the train car. Yeah, That's that was, awesome. That was a fantastic movie. I, I'm, I'm amazed I saw it before you, to be honest. I, I When I saw it, I was like, man, I, I bet you John loved this because this is a perfect zombie movie and it's been on Netflix for like a month. Yeah, but I had to save it. Until, oh, right. Yeah, it was yeah. just sitting there and I'm like, oh, I can't watch this until Horror Toberfest. Yeah, it's got all the hallmarks of a good quality zombie film. It's got all, like, you know, the characters who won't believe it even when zombies are running after them and oh, yeah. a vicious 
just nobody, uh, nobody's who are standing around being like, you can't go through this door. And then zombies eat them. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's a real, real fucking good movie. Yeah, I'm a big fan. So, uh, okay. My, uh, do we have any further predictions? What do you think's coming up next? Uh, well, I figure at this point we're... I feel like we're going to have to get uh, a collaboration between Jedi and Academy student. Like, maybe Lusk, maybe Scopeek, something like that. Someone's got to find Hestizo and you've got to have that moment where you've got the, like, Jedi Sith back-to-back in order to not get murdered by zombies. Here's a big question I have for you that I'm really curious about. Do you think Tulk made it out of the compound before, before the this went down? Yeah. Ooh, that is a good question. I don't know. I'm really excited about the co- the prospect of a giant fuck-off zombie whiphead. Man, I hadn't thought about that until you just mentioned it, and now I am very on board for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest things for me at the moment, is this dude who is obsessed with, like, dead bodies and stuff getting zombied up. Oh, yeah, because we already had this entire thing where he's got, like, skulls and bones and everything all over his uh, ship. Yeah, he's going to get the cool, like, Crypt Keeper-style punishment, where he's going to show up, he's got, like, a whiphead skull for a head. Oh, yeah, it's just all the skin has been torn off of his face. They already have weird skull face things anyway. Yeah. Oh, dude, what happens if he makes it back to his ship, like, by fighting his way there, but his two ladies been bitten? And then, like, as he comes out and starts joining the fight as a zombie, like, the beetles from his ship are, like, eating him at the time. Oh, my God. Oh, dude! I love zombie stuff. Oh, man, I'm real... (laughs) I'm real sad that none of this is gonna happen. (laughs) Like, I am... So certain that we are not going to get any of that. And now that you've mentioned it, I'm like, aw, aw, but book. (laughs) Book, do what I want. Book, book, I'm going to treat you like people treated the last Jedi and be real sad that you aren't exactly what I want you to be. And the thing I want you to be is super stupid. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) That is the thing I want this book to be. That's me too, because stupid zombies are great. Uh, well, anyway, John, that's pretty much the chapters. Uh, folks, one weird offshoot of this book being one legi- weird trick th- d- invented by a school teacher that the FDA hates. Oh, yeah. Is drinking bleach. <laughs> they hate it. It's, the FDA hates it because it kills you. Yeah. I don't know why. The, the school teacher invented the trick to kill himself. <laughs> It's <laughs> invented the trick of drinking bleach. No one had thought of this before, invented it. Hey, no one's just thought of patenting it before. And <laughs> that school it? teacher's name, Albert Einstein. <laughs> and we're married to this day. <laughs> and everyone stood up and clapped. <laughs> Even though we were dead. So, sorry, folks. What I was going to say is one weird offshoot of the fact that this book is good. Like, you know, it's short chapters that don't doodle around talking about, like, stuff from a video game or whatever. Is that there's not a whole lot of new topics in these two chapters, or these three or four chapters. There's just the characters we've already talked about. And most of them are human. Well, they don't, yeah, like they don't I, go to fancy planets. Like I said in when we were talking about it, it has a real good use of the economy of space here. Because so, it has just been like, we introduced people, and we will use those people. We're not going to fuck around. Mm-hmm. We are getting to the good stuff. Now, the point I'm trying to get at, though, is that that makes one of our jobs fairly difficult here at the Expounded Universe uh, broadcast studio. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is that there's no good bonus content in here. That that doesn't mean we're not going to make some. Oh no, we oh st- we've got it. We we've got it. So both of us have basically cast our nets wider than ever to come up with with stuff. I'm doing a whole new sub show. I'm sure John has something fun he's going to do. No, no, everything I do is terrible. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I, I baked you this thing and it was perfect. I'm sorry. Oh, John, <laughs> this is aggressively mediocre. You win a gold medal. <laughs> And a handshake from Paul, probably. Aw, don't be so sad. Your your thing didn't kill me. <laughs> I you know at a certain point, Paul decided to kind of commodify his handshakes. Yes. It's annoying now. It was neat well, when he gave them out. because everyone's understood now. Yeah. But now he starts talking about them. The one where he was like, I've never given anyone a handshake during a showstopper before. And you're like, okay, first of all, yes, you have. He gave, you, he gave one to that prison guard dude with the bread lion back in, like, season five. No, it was during a signature. Oh, was he it? Hadn't. That oh, okay. was his whole thing. All right. Uh, well, in any, in any event, but still, also, who cares? Quit tracking these things. They're not worth anything. Oh, <laughs> oh it's worth something S- to the people who get them. Stop it, Paul. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I still haven't forgiven him for that American Pie episode. No, that is just fury-inducing. That is a travesty to God and man. That makes me want to invade Great Britain. Like... <sighs> 
and it's only for the American pie. There's no point where he was like, oh, we need you to make this French cake, but I don't really like this French cake because I think it's too whatever. You should make it more British. But his whole thing was, okay, Let's here's how it went down. Because Sorry, folks, we're talking about British Baking Show now. Yeah, look, what, we're, we're done with the book, okay? Yeah. So if you wanted to turn it off, you can. That's fine. Right now, it's Great British Baking Show talk. So, support our Patreon, though. Uh, anyway, yeah, it, there's a point where he's like, mm, yes, okay, your challenge is to cook an American-style pie. And then he turns to the camera. What I haven't told them is I don't care for American pies. And if they want to win this challenge, they'll need to make their American pie as British as possible. Yeah. No, I think American pies are far too sweet, and they should make them proper British. I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. It's fine to tell them to make a muted in sweetness American pie, but you have to tell them because that's the challenge. Yeah. I mean, if I was in charge of a baking show and I'm like, oh, you know what I absolutely hate? I hate mango, but I'm going to give them a challenge to make a mango pie. And then when I eat it, I'm going to go, this is disgusting because I hate it. The secret for them is to make one that has no mango in it. They'll probably think they're going to fail because the challenge was a mango pie, but they'll win. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Mm, Yeah. So no forgiveness, even though that's from like a really old season, actually. (laughs) Yeah, but still. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Paul Hollywood. Signed, Expounded Universe. So our Patreon. <laughs> oh, right, the Patreon. This is the perfect time to plug that. Yeah, now that we've got everyone's full attention, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've definitely not lost every listener. <laughs> Patreon.com slash System Mastery is the place to go for all of your System Mastery and Expounding Universe needs. For a single $2 per episode. <laughs> a single $2. Yeah, there's $2 bills. That's what I was referring to. Yeah. Obviously. obviously. You know, the one where the presidents are like having a party or whatever on the back. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. It's the back of the $2 bill where all the presidents are together, and they bring it all in. All the presidents from every movie, TV series, book show. <laughs> you got Morgan Freeman from Deep Impact in there. <laughs> They're all having a big party. It's Game Master Anthony's birthday party on the back of the $2 bill. And on the front of the $2 bill, of course, is the picture of the uh, colonial, the first, presi- uh, first presidential oaf. Uh, I forget his name. John? Yes, that was it. Yes. It was John. <laughs> It was John. Uh, Good improv, sir. Yes, Uh, Yes, and. (laughs) Okay. Uh, For for a single $2, you can join our Expounded Universe bonus content, where you will unlock the bonus shows here, Expanded Expounded Universe, where we go on Wikipedia, find dumb stories, and bring them back to tell each other, and you. Yeah. And boy, howdy, we've got some dumb shit to tell each other. Yeah, it's weird this time, because these chapters gave us nothing, so we really had to reach. Yeah, so this this is stuff... Not so much tied into this book as it is to Star Wars. Just interesting things. Yeah, just to Star Wars. It's it's not just interesting things in general. Yeah, it's just interesting things I found. <laughs> this weird goat I found. <laughs> what what goes on two legs in the no? It's uh, four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs in the evening. This weird goat I found. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the Patreon. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Please support us. It's a great help, and uh, it it keeps us doing what we do, and we love doing what we do. We do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, do that. Otherwise, find our shows at SystemMasteryPodcast.com or Patreon.com slash SystemMastery or Twitter, Gmail, Facebook, or Reddit. Yeah, we are on all the social medias. Find us. Ask us questions. Ask us answers. I don't know. Ask us rhetoricals. Yeah, ask us rhetorical questions. We love rhetorical questions. Give us rhetorical answers. Uh, Are those things? I don't know. Probably. It's the rhetorical question, though. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, okay, so, uh, once again, you can find our bonus content at patreon.com slash systemmastery. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this extremely focused and very tight episode of Expounded <laughs> oh, yes. Universe. Uh, I've been Elan Bagiano and brains. Brains.